0: Peter before the cross, Peter after the cross. One man, but two lives. The Peter after the cross is a very different Peter to before the cross. Peter is more than just an individual who heard the call to follow Jesus. Peter is a prophetic picture, a prophetic demonstration and declaration of all of God's people who have been predestined according to the foreknowledge of God to be conformed into the image of the Son. Romans 8.29 For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. This work of transformation is a complete work of reformation from the inside out. This work of transformation is all about the church becoming Christ-like internally and externally. What we all demonstrate externally is an expression of our internal. This is a road less traveled for many in the body of Christ. And we will look at Peter as one who embarked on this process of transformation from the inside out through coming to the end of self and discovering what it really is through resurrected power to be conformed into the image of the Son. The absolute key to being able to live this fully surrendered, fully committed, wholeheartedly abandoned life in Christ is in the word of god we know and receive within us the gospel or the good news which breaks builds and blesses us by changing us and making us into his image so we can imitate christ the peter before his great breaking is a symbolic picture of a church a people sons who are still on the throne of their own lives the interesting thing is In this position and posture of still being the person who is fully in control of their own lives, this individual or group of people can still do a number of things for God and be used by God to see His purposes established. Let's have a look through the lens of Peter as to what these people or these individuals can achieve. Even though self is still firmly on the throne and He is not our source, but only a resource we tap into. The first thing, Peter walked on water, Matthew fourteen twenty nine. Secondly, Peter cast out demons and healed the sick, Mark 6, 7 and 13. Thirdly, Peter was part of seeing Jesus in his glorified state, Mark 9, 1 to 8. Fourthly, Peter preached the kingdom is at hand, Matthew 10, to 15. Five, Peter received the revelation that Jesus was the Messiah, Matthew 16, 16-17. And 6, Peter left his occupation and family and followed, Mark 10, 28. Peter did all these things, or was the recipient of these things, while still being the source of his own life, while still having self as the center of his own life and in control of himself, He was committed to the cause of Christ, but was he surrendered and yielded to Christ? You see, unless we fall upon the rock and have our self-will broken into pieces, we can still do a number of things through our human strength or through using his name and gifting, but still not know God as our life source and still all these things ultimately for our sake rather than his. Jesus said, it's the person who loses their life for his sake that finds the life that Jesus has for them. Peter's perspective or perception was in that he had left everything to follow Jesus. Matthew ten twenty eight. Peter began to say to him, Behold, we have left everything and followed you. Sure, Peter had left everything externally, but what about internally? He left a wife, a job, family for sure. But what about his inner heart position, his own thinking and ways of learning and understanding? Had he left this behind in his following of Christ, or was it just everything external? Unfortunately for Peter, it was everything external. And for many in the body today, it's exactly the same. As I've said, we are committed to the cause of Christ, but not surrendered and yielded to Christ. We leave our old lives for what we are going to do for Jesus, while our inner realm stays exactly the same. The heart posture isn't changed, so it is still full of selfish ambition for Christ, confessing a reality that ultimately one cannot live out. We have this insatiable need to do, to perform and prove our worth and receive a sense of achievement and accomplishment for God. Mark fourteen twenty nine, even though all may fall away, yet I will not. And verse 31, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. Peter's inner realm, his heart and mind, had not been touched at all yet. And so what we are looking at here is a man who is on his own understanding, is committed to Christ and the cause, but all through his own reality and way. He is not a man who has surrendered in heart and mind in Christ yet, and this reality comes forth time and time again. Here are two examples of this. Matthew 16:21 to 23 From that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and be raised up on the third day. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. Matthew twenty six fifty one to 54 And behold, one of those who were with Jesus reached and drew out his sword and struck the slave of the high priest, And cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all those who take up the sword shall perish by the sword. Or do you not think that I cannot appeal to my Father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? How then will the scriptures be fulfilled, which say it must happen this way? These two passages are linked together because they both demonstrate the same reality. Jesus, in the first passage, states how he is going to Jerusalem and that he will be killed by the religious leaders. Peter rebukes this reality and gets up in Jesus' face. We then see Jesus rebuke Peter for this committed, fleshly response to the Father's truth and calls Peter a stumbling block. Peter learns nothing from this rebuke, because we see in the next passage the outworking of what Jesus said would happen, happening, and Peter responds to physical violence to protect Jesus from being arrested and taken. On both occasions, Peter gets rebuked by Jesus for doing the wrong thing. In other words, Jesus rebukes and chastises Peter for doing his own thing. He does his own thing because his commitment to Christ is being defined and determined by himself and not God. To the natural fleshly eye, Peter looks heroic, brave, and radically in love with Jesus. I mean he is putting his life on the line for Jesus. He is putting into action what he believes and is living it out in demonstration. The problem is none of this is coming from God or God's way and intent, what God has said. It's all coming from self, selfish desire and ambition. Peter's mind is purely on the interest of himself or man's interest, as Jesus stated in Matthew. This can be you and I as well. We have this insatiable need within us to perform for God and show him just how committed we are through our actions. And yet the truth is, it is all still centered and anchored in self, in us, even though it looks like in appearance, It is in Christ. It isn't. We may have left everything for this new and exciting adventure of following Christ, but what we haven't left at all is our own inner heart belief system and our temporal earthly mindsets that still have ourselves firmly fixed in it all being about us and what we are going to do for Him. At the center of our lives is still you and I. We are not ultimately doing this for His sake, but our own. We have something to prove. It is all done from and and on the basis of selfish ambition, self-purpose, self-vision, self-meaning, self-accomplishment. At the end of the day, our service or works unto and for God are really all for our own self-gratification, satisfaction, accomplishment, well-being, and fulfillment. This sounds incredibly hard and harsh and very judgmental, but it is the truth. Many followers serve from this position, unfortunately, because they deny and reject the deep inner work of the circumcision of the heart by the Spirit. They would rather just do works for God than allow God into the place David said he wanted truth, the innermost being place, which is the hidden place of wisdom. The life I am describing that Peter was in here was a life pre the cross, pre the crucified life. Peter had yet to be crucified with Christ. He hadn't yet had his inner heart realm impacted or pierced by the power of God's eternal word. Hence his old nature is still very much intact at the stage. All he had done was walk with Christ physically. 1 John 2.16 for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. Ephesians 2 verse 3, Among them we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. He is being covered by love, Romans 5, 6 to 8, but he is yet to be crucified by love. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. For three and a half years, Peter was covered by the love of Jesus, but he needed to be crucified by the love of Jesus. If he was going to be who Jesus had predestined him to be and become and play the functioning role that God had for him, for Jesus' sake. We are no different. We must also be crucified by love and not just be covered by love. It's not enough to look at the cross or fall at the foot of the cross. It's not enough to mentally agree with the work of the cross or look to come into a resurrected life through going around the cross. We must all get on the cross as Jesus did and be crucified by the cross as Paul did. The resurrected power or the power of the resurrection to which Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, must enter us, crucifying our will, so I no longer lives. This must take place for the demonic pride-filled earthly nature to be killed, crucified, and no longer live. This life is only found in the person of Christ. Christ, Christ crucified. This is what happened to Paul in Galatians 1, 11-12 would eventually happen to Peter in Acts 1, 8 and 2 and 4 and must happen to us if we want to be, become and fulfill the works, the righteous acts of the saints for his sake. What we see and can observe when we look at Peter pre his own personal crucifixion is a man who had a head knowledge to a measure about the Messiah, the Messiah's plans, ways and purposes, but very little true knowledge of these things, which was the reason he had little to no faith in Jesus. He has little to no revelation of what is predestined in God. And so for a big majority of his time with Christ himself, he is either opposing, not grasping in opposition to, or just downright missing the spiritual reality and life Christ spoke and declared. He was not in fellowship with Christ. Mark fourteen twenty seven to 31 And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, because it is written, I will strike down the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. But Peter said to him, Even though all may fall away, yet I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, that this very night before a rooster crows twice, you yourself will deny me three times. But Peter kept saying insistently, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they all were saying the same thing. Peter's reality is is that he has no reference for what is already written from Zechariah the prophet years before this time in history. Zechariah 13.7 When we too live like this, we spend the majority of our time on earth in opposition to God and His ways living disobedient and unfaithful lives to who and what we have been called and chosen for. This doesn't mean God doesn't love us and that His love isn't covering us, but it does mean we won't experience a full and overflowing life in Christ in us now, and also our future inheritance in the kingdom of heaven. We live from fear and regret. We end up sabotaging our own lives because we live for and from self. God tells us one thing, and we tell God another, ultimately living in unbelief of what he says. Peter's inner realm, in our inner realm, must get crucified by God's power, his word, the Son of God. Our inner heart and mind must get broken into pieces by the living word of God, and be crucified, killed by the sword, and cease to live and exist. There must be a circumcision of the heart by the Spirit who is the truth. There must be a cutting and a spilling of human blood, death of our old self-will if we are ever to experience this kingdom life of peace by the righteousness and joy in the Holy Spirit. Peter, pre his own crucifixion with Christ, has no reference for the new creation life in him, in the Son. All he knows is Outside of Jesus is the Messiah, is the life he is born with and into. He has no ability to live out this kingdom life and be the demonstration of this kingdom life while remaining in his current state, the natural, physical life he was born into in the image of Adam, Genesis 5 verse 3. Here is another example of this in Peter's life where Jesus stands in front of Pilate and says that his kingdom is of another realm, another world and that his servants live in a completely opposite way to the realm of the Spirit, or the kingdom of the world. John 18.36 My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. The evidence that Peter was not yet in this kingdom life was in what he demonstrated in Matthew 26, 51-54, 51-54, to 54, when he in fact did the opposite to what Jesus said his servants do when the guards came to arrest Jesus. Verse 51, And behold, one of those who were with Jesus reached out and drew out his sword and struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear. Peter's actions were being covered by love, but he had not yet been arrested and crucified by love. So when the pressure went on him, he was exposed for the kingdom that was still within him, the kingdom of darkness. Hence the words of Jesus in Matthew sixteen twenty-three: Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. Your mind is set on man's interests and not God's. Peter is living from all he knows and all he knows how to be. He is incapable of demonstrating what Jesus was and what he taught was the way of his kingdom. And so are we until we all get crucified by love on the inside of our innermost being place. Peter was not on his own in this regard. He had great company with his two fellow disciples, James and John. They also had their inner realm, the kingdom of darkness, exposed when they set their mind on their interests and not God's. Luke nine fifty one to 56 When the days were approaching for his ascension, he was determined to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers on ahead of him, and they went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make arrangements for him. But they did not receive him, because he was traveling towards Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what kind of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went on to another village. Once again, another example of the kingdom of darkness, the world coming forth and out of the vessels which the kingdom of light is supposed to be coming forth from. The key words, you do not know what kind of spirit you are of. I guarantee you James and John would have said that they were of the spirit of Christ. But this isn't what Jesus says to them. He says, they do not know what spirit they are of, and yet what they are demonstrating in their behavior is clearly showing them what spirit they are of. I wonder how different we all are to this same spirit. We say we are of the spirit of Christ, but is that what we actually demonstrate? Once again, this is not a love issue on whether Jesus loves us, but it is a love issue and an ability to live at issue when it comes to us loving him and loving others and being able to live as Christ did, fulfilling the law of Christ, love. Let's look at what John testified to in 1 John 1, 1.6 in relation to operating and living from the Holy Spirit and not the spirit of the world, the flesh. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. While the disciples physically walked with Jesus, they didn't have fellowship with Christ. It was only after he had gone and the holy spirit had come did the disciples have fellowship spiritual oneness and we see this in 1 john 1 as john gives testimony to this 1 john 1:3 1, what we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also so that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the father and with his son jesus christ we must ask ourselves where we are truly at with our fellowship, relationship with Christ. Are we still Peter, pre his great fall, still being the center of our own lives while walking with Christ, doing ministry, but still not able to deny oneself and love as commanded? Or have we relinquished self, finding Christ as our new source and being able to love and live as commanded to the measure we are in him and him in us? The Peter after the fall and filling of the Spirit and power, is not perfect, but has a brand new source in the depths of his inner recesses. He has been internally changed, re-rooted in Christ and Christ in him. He is now on this complete journey in Christ, being transformed on the inside and accomplishing Spirit-led and empowered works by faith which come out of his fellowship with Christ. Acts 10, 9-48 is a living testimony and example of both dimensions outworking themselves. The new Peter isn't resisting or denying the reality of what God is saying. He leaves and is obedient to God without understanding and follows the men who came for him. He receives understanding on the way, demonstrating his newfound willingness to follow without understanding." Once again, he is not perfect and still at times has to face the reality of living for God rather than self, meaning the mind of self, but no longer is he the source of himself. As Peter grows in this newfound eternal life within him, we now see the same man who denied Christ and who Jesus said had no faith, writing his newfound testimony of faith in Christ. He declares a faith of a certain kind. A faith of the Spirit. 2 Peter 1 1 To those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. It's Peter who follows this verse on in verse 3, where we see him saying, Seeing his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Peter writes this because it is his experienced reality. He received this divine power, which once he didn't know of, and he now has this reflected in his life. He is now the recipient of this eternal dimension, this eternal life through the power of God, which brings to light and life the true knowledge of God. It is the power or the knowledge that brings the precious and magnificent promises of God to life, so that by them, we may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the earthly nature, which is corrupted by lust. Peter was once bound in this earthly nature, and we see this nature coming forth in the Gospels in Peter, James and John, and all the disciples. This is the same man, but he is living a different life now. He has had his taproot removed and replaced with a brand new taproot. He is now living in the eternal dimension of Ephesians 3, 14-20, and he will eventually be crucified upside down for the sake of his Lord and Savior. Peter is part of the great cloud of witnesses who are currently cheering us on to be one with the Father and his saints, the overcomers. Can I encourage us all to look at the life of Peter pre the cross and after the cross and be someone who seeks the life after the cross